Hello, good morning and welcome. My name is Graham and I'm delighted to be with you all today as we start these journeys into asking what it is to be really free. Free from constraints and conformity, free from constant testing and peer pressure, and free from unsafe and uninspiring school environments. Free to let children explore the world around them through play, cooperation and inspiration. Free to let children learn naturally, following their innate curiosity and endless creativity. We come to see that learning isn't about doing well at school, it's about engaging with life. I'll be here for you, and I will serve you, and I will carry your message around. Hello and welcome. Today it is our delight to bring to you the next in our series of homeschool clips taken from our podcast, Homeschooling and Liberty. You can find us over at homeschoolingandliberty.com and listen to all of our previous shows with the leading lights in creative homeschooling, self-directed learning, and inspired living. Tell a friend, subscribe to the podcast, and sign up to our newsletter to stay in touch as we continue this journey called life. In these short, inspiring clips, we offer a glimpse into shared philosophies for all parents wishing to raise healthy, happy, and independent young adults. Please find yourself very welcome, whether you're considering homeschooling, an established homeschooling family, or an educator wishing to change the system from within to see a more caring, creative, and self-directed learning environment. As we embrace what can only be described as the chaotic world around us, we pause in a moment of reflection, a moment to see what really went on in these last 16 months and the truth why many of our freedoms were quashed from far off figures in lofty places. It is a sad realization that following unproven, ineffective and corrupt mandates might not be our best course in life. Yet turning to a more self-directed, local way of living, following our intuition and heart, will never lead us astray. Homeschooling in all its colours is a direct way to address these concerns. This last year has led many of us to feel a lack of respect of how we wish to raise our children and their ever so critical health choices. Having our kids near us or with like-minded families to explore the world is surely humanity's way out of these constant constraints and dangerous dictates. With that all said, this past year has been a wake-up call to many and the chance of making positive change has never been greater. We're delighted to go back to our talk discussing creativity with the amazing Dr. Peter Gray. Dr. Gray is renowned for his passion in promoting play in all aspects of a child's upbringing. And today we see how he feels creativity is what is lacking when the goal of school seems to be testing with little or no time for creativity, which is a skill so much needed in today's changing paradigms. So please enjoy. I think everybody understands that creativity is not something that can be taught. <laughs> it's not something that can be comes about by way of drill. It's come, it has, creativity almost by definition requires freedom. The freedom to think in your own ways, the freedom to look outside the box, the freedom to do things that other people maybe don't even understand what you're doing, including the teacher wouldn't understand what you're doing. So you can't, uh, you can't teach creativity. You can't, test for it in a classroom style way of testing certainly not you can't grade people on creativity so you know when we got hooked uh, on uh, 
this idea that uh, the purpose of school is to get high test scores um, and so that we outrank the people in Singapore or wherever it is that we're, <laughs> we're comparing on the PISA tests. You know, we began to uh, focus, we began to constrict even f much further than it already was constricted, the uh, curriculum in schools. You know, when I was a kid in school, as I said, before we had a lot of time just to play. We had uh, a lot of recess time, lunch time to play and explore. But even in our classroom work, we would often be given sort of creative things to do that weren't rigorously graded. They were just kind of fun, write a poem or write a story or draw pictures. <laughs> you know, and we, we had those kinds of things. And, um, but now those kinds of things have been more or less given up because teachers are judged on the basis of the test scores in academic subjects that, that the students in their classroom get. So teachers feel they can't afford the time to allow the kids to do creative things. So not surprisingly, over this same period of time, uh, that um, school has become more and more narrowly focused on so-called academic endeavors, and we've taken away play, we've decreased the amount of opportunity for children to have to play outside of school as well as in school. Not surprisingly, there has been a decline in creativity. Now, how do we know there's such a decline? Um, at first I was skeptical of this, but it turns out there actually is a, uh, a rather valid way of assessing creativity, the Torrance Tests for Creative Thinking, which were developed some decades ago and have been used uh, in uh, schools uh, given to normative groups of school of children from kindergarten on through grade 12 uh, for many decades now. And there have been follow-up studies that show that those children who score very high on this test of creativity actually turn out to be far more creative in their adult life than those who score lower. So by that measure, it's a pretty good, pretty good um, test, apparently, apparently quite valid. They're better than, it's a better, it's a much better predictor than any other predictor we know of, including better predictor than IQ tests or or grades in school, or teachers' judgments of who's likely to do great creative things later on in life. So people who score high on this, they're likely, more likely to start new businesses, invent new products, write novels, or even write uh, nonfiction, all the kinds of things that call in, that, that are within this large compass of, um, of endeavors that, we, that require a good deal of creativity are much more likely to do than people who score lower. Now, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a researcher uh, whose last name is Kim um, uh, did an analysis of the scores on um, Torrance's tests over the decades. Um, and what she found is beginning sort of in the mid-1980s, um, there was a continuous drop in the scores every year, essentially every year from then until the time at which she did this study, which was uh, probably about 2010 or 2012 or something like that. So um, isn't that interesting? And, and, a, and a rather large decline, at least on some of the sum components. Uh, 
decline of uh, as much as one standard deviation. And one standard deviation, if we translate it into something that may make more sense to listeners, uh, would mean that the person who scores average on that test today would be in about the 15th percentile uh, back in 1984. In other words, 85% of people would have scored better than average today. So that's a big, big change. And this change is occurring at a time when really everybody understands creativity is more important today than it ever has been in the past, um, at least in the recent past. We no longer need people who to do non-creative things. We've got robots, we've got computers, we've got, we don't need people who can give us answers to questions that are already answered. You can just Google that. We don't need people to do routine work. We've got robots to do that. We've got all kinds of computers. And, and in the future, this is gonna be even more true. What we need is people who can do things that machines can't do, who can ask questions and answer questions that haven't been asked before, who can think of those questions. We need people to do the kinds of non-routine things, and those are all involved creativity. So isn't it ironic that here we are believing, at least some people believe, that we are trying to reform education by adding more testing and more, quote, rigor to the academic training um, in order to enable our children to do well in the workforce, when in fact, by doing so, we are depriving them of the opportunity to develop what is probably the, the most important ability for them to develop for success in the workforce of day and to, which is creativity. I hope you got as much out of that talk as I did. An excellent introduction to where we are now and where we could be. Please check your inbox. We'll be back in touch very shortly for much more inspiration for you to start your journey into homeschooling, child-led learning and liberty. If you know of any families looking for alternatives to school, please give them our information, homeschoolingandliberty.com, and they are more than welcome to join us on this journey. We'll see you real soon. Cheers. Earth is beckoning now. Calling us with this new song yeah, you gotta listen what it has to say It will guide you along yeah, you gotta put yourself first every time And she will catch you when you fall yeah, you gotta love yourself from within Love yourself till you're full, yeah, yeah You gotta take the power back Reclaim Ask yourself this question, what is so amazing and wonderful at government-run schools that you would send your children there to be taught by essentially strangers, a curriculum over which you have no authority or control? How would you like to be a part of your children's learning? You were a part of your children's learning is colors, how she ties her shoes, what is a butterfly, why mommy loves her. Why would you not want to be, continue to be a part of that? Look at what you've been told for so long that you have to say, well, maybe maybe they're not right and maybe your instincts are right. Unlearn those things. This is about human rights and endowing children with dignity and agency and autonomy. Um, and, and then guess what? As a side benefit, it works. Thank you, Graham.